Amen. And all God's children said, Amen. Hadn't it been a good morning in song this morning? I sure am grateful for it. Your Bibles are, are at John 19. I want you to mark that passage of Scripture. And then I want you to take your Bibles and turn to 2 Kings chapter 12. 2 Kings chapter 12. I am concerned and even more so today than ever at a lack of honor and respect for uh, people and uh, positions uh, for uh, those that we're supposed to honor and respect. It almost seems uh, the uh, popular thing to do is to be disrespectful, uh, but not according to God's word. It isn't. And uh, today we honor uh, our mothers and uh, we, we need, uh, and I'll say more about this in the message tonight, uh, to teach our children honor and respect for mom, for dad, teachers, police, authority. If we don't teach them, all they're going to hear is what the crazy world is going to say and uh, they're not going to give them the truth. And so today we honor uh, our mothers. I want you to notice, um, and, and we all have different, uh, we have a King James Bible, but printed by different companies. My uh, Bible is a Cambridge uh, Oxford wide margin Bible. Uh, most every Bible <coughs> will have some uh, heading at the top that's just been added uh, by the Bible printer. How many of you have a heading of some kind at the top of the page? Raise your hand. Uh, the heading at the top of mine says, The Crucifixion, uh, Death, and Piercing of Christ. The next page says, uh, His Burial, Resurrection, and Appearance to Mary. And uh, that is what the heading is uh, at the top. And so this chapter, of course, is about the crucifixion of Christ. Now I'll come back to John chapter 19. So mark your place there. And take your Bibles and go to 2 Kings chapter 12. 2 Kings chapter 12. And uh, you'll not see uh, any uh, correlation <coughs> excuse me, uh, between... Uh, these verses, uh, but you will in a few minutes as we go into uh, the message. 2 Kings 12, 1, in the seventh year of Jehu, uh, uh, Johash uh, began to reign, and 40 years began, uh, 40 years reigned he in Jerusalem, uh, and his mother's name was Zibia of Beersheba. I'm going to preach this morning on the subject, Behold Thy Mother. Uh, Behold uh, Thy Mother. Heavenly Father, I uh, desire in my heart today uh, to say to every person here and those that are watching uh, online, uh, to say that uh, honor is due uh, to our mothers. And we need uh, to take uh, this time uh, every year, and not just at this time, uh, but specifically the time of this year, and honor the uh, person that is our mother. Lord, to honor motherhood and what you designed and defined it to, to be. And Lord, I understand we need a revival of it uh, in our nation today. Uh, but if we don't teach our children and set aside a time uh, to show honor, that is going uh, uh, to go by the wayside. And so I pray that you bless in the preaching of the message this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, uh, amen. And I want you to look right this way. Some time ago, I was reading through First and Second Kings, and I'm, I'm going to say it was uh, maybe in the fall 
uh, I was reading through First and Second Kings, and I noticed for the first time that the mother of the king was named, <clears throat> and that happened again and again as I read through the books. That got my attention, and so I began reading about why, and I learned some interesting things why the mother of the king was named. For example, uh, in 2 Kings chapter 14, we have King Amaziah. The Bible says this, and he was 20 and 5 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 20 and 9 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Jehoadan of Jerusalem, gives his mother's name. Makes no comment about her other than what her name was and where she was from. Uh, I found in 2 Kings chapter 15, the very next chapter, verses 1 and 2 in the 20 and 7th year of uh, Jeroboam, king of Israel, began Azariah, son of Amaziah, a king of Judah to reign. 16 years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned 2 and 50 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. I found in that same chapter, the end of the chapter, King Jotham. And his mother was named. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 18, King Hezekiah. Uh, his mother is named and on and on. And in my study, I learned some things uh, that uh, uh, just uh, information that most of the kings of Judah, uh, their mother was named. There was an exception of two or three, and they were very wicked kings. Uh, and the Bible makes a note of that. I read several different opinions about uh, what commentaries and uh, different writers said about this, and, and I found 15 or uh, 16 different ideas of why it was. I sort of put the study aside, and I just it was just an interesting study to me, uh, just that the mother was named, and I wondered why. I never did find it to my satisfaction uh, of, of why, but I, I just put the study aside. And then I noticed in the book of Proverbs uh, something that uh, sparked my interest again about that study that just came from uh, reading First and Second Kings. And the book of Proverbs begins with the wise words of a father and ends with the wise words of a mother. My son, said the father in Proverbs 1.8, and my son, said the mother in Proverbs 31.2. Again, I put the study aside, went to other sermons and lessons and so forth uh, that I prepare and I teach at the college and preach here at the church and around the country. And then I noticed again another king in the New Testament whose mother was named. But, but the mother was not the subject, and she never was. And then I noticed in all of the Bible that the mother was never the subject. Uh, in fact, uh, the king is uh, King Jesus and his mother Mary is named but as I read the stories the stories were never about the mother they were always about the king they were always about Jesus and uh, I, I found that interesting I noticed that when uh, the mother of Jesus was mentioned uh, she was uh, just there she was simply there and, I, uh, and, and I'm just giving you an observation this morning. If uh, the attention of all of heaven and earth uh, was placed on Jesus, and it was on the cross of Calvary, uh, when he died for our sins, and the Lord Jesus said at that time, no doubt when everyone was listening to any and every word and sound that he would 
make if Jesus took time to say, Behold thy mother. There ought to be a time in our life that we just stop and say, Wait a minute. Thank God for mom. And, and, and as I found different stories, and there are more than I'll give you this morning, I found it interesting, and I found mom is typically the same person, the same love, the same care, the same concern, all the way through the Bible. The most exciting announcement in all of the Bible is found in Luke chapter 2. I'll just read a portion of it in just a moment. But it's the announcement of the birth of Christ. I mean, it, it, it was so exciting that angels uh, descended from heaven and a loud noise was made and, and, and bright lights were shining. And, and, and here's what the Bible says. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, which is Christ the Lord. Now the emphasis could have been on the mother, but it wasn't. The emphasis was on the birth of the Christ child. It had been prophesied hundreds of years before that he would be born. And we come to this time and the great announcement is made and the, and, and the great sound and the rejoicing and the shouting from heaven uh, that the son uh, was born. The spotlight is on the birth of Christ, but Mary, the mother of Jesus, is in the story. And in this portion, we see her sacrifice. We see what she's gone through for the birth of Christ to be fulfilled. We see her making that journey, which would have been difficult in a car. But walking in and on a donkey, they were making that journey. Her, ready to be delivered, making that journey. The inconvenience of no room in the inn. The swaddling clothes or the rags that were used to wrap the newborn in, the giving of birth in a stable, the days of her purification were accomplished, and they brought Jesus to present him to the Lord. And as I read that, I thought, isn't that the way it is in life? While the spotlight is on the hero, the spotlight is on the champion, the spotlight is on the expected one, Somewhere in the shadows, there is a mother who has given birth, who has made great sacrifice, that all the world could rejoice that Jesus is born. We do not say, hear her saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is not just about him, this is about me too. Oh no, she worshiped the Lord Jesus. Isn't that a wonderful thing? I mean, just to look and see the sacrifices 
all that she did. And, 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 and we, uh, when we read the chapter, all we see is the emphasis on the child, on the Christ child, the birth of the Savior. I received steady requests for prayer for mothers. That's a daily thing. I received some type of a message, whether it be an email, a messenger, a text message. Preacher, could you pray for? Maybe it's a son, maybe it's a daughter, maybe it's a grandchild, maybe it's a special need. But the prayer request of a mother is not one that is to be forgotten because it is a request that comes from a burdened heart, that comes from a, from, uh, from a, a genuine desire. Preacher, I need your help. Now, the rejoicing is done, and we're thankful for the champion of the story, the hero of the story. And you think about that. Graduation Friday night at college, the spotlight will be on the young men and on the young ladies. And somewhere in the crowd, their mother will be sitting there with a proud and happy heart. Very little will be thought of or said about the sacrifice they made to make that graduation possible. I, I just want to stop today and say, thank God for our mothers. If you continue to read in Luke chapter 2, you find that by the end of the chapter, it tells a story that Jesus is now a lad of a boy. And uh, they have gone to Jerusalem to worship. And, and uh, it's interesting, as you come to verse number 46, the Bible says, and I'll just read it to you, it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple. If you know the story, you'll find that they'd been to the temple, they worshiped and they left. And then they realized Jesus was not in the crowd. <laughs> and they had left Jesus, and so they go back to look for him. And again, the emphasis of the story, and I'll, I'll read it, the emphasis of the story is on the wisdom of Jesus. He is talking to the doctors, and they are impressed, not just with the answers he can give, they're baffled by the questions that Jesus asked. And again, the story is of the greatness of the Christ. And I say this morning, thank God for our wonderful Savior and Lord. And the spotlight is on him and the wisdom of heaven is obvious. But in this story, again, his mother is somewhere in the shadows. Let me read it to you. It came to pass that after the, at three days they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. His mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Wished you not that I must be about my father's business? His answer was not one that was smart aleck or unkind. He was just stating, and of course, there were many things that she didn't fully understand, and the Bible says in one place that she just pondered these things in her heart. The story, again, is about Jesus. It's about who he was, but somewhere in the shadows is a mother that is concerned. Somewhere in the shadows is a mother that is worried about her son. Do you know it's a waste of time to tell mom, now mom, don't worry. 
That's like saying, Mom, don't be mom. Because mom and concern are the same. I, I, I want to say this morning, I sure am glad. No doubt the times that my mom saw me in my teenage years and early adulthood years and times of trials and difficulties, I'm glad that she was a mom of concern that prayed for me in those times. I'm thankful for the notes and letters and cards that she sent to me and many a Bible verse to say, just keep trusting God. God's always right. God's grace is sufficient. Think of missionaries on the mission field today. We support and celebrate their great work, but somewhere in the shadows is a mom that's invested her love and her life and her prayers and sacrificed what she has that he can be there. Think of the preachers that stand across the nation today in pulpits and churches across America. Last week as I watched the video and we went through the remembrance of 30 years, there was a mother just sitting there in the shadows, heart filled with pride and thanksgiving, not desiring to be a part of the spotlight, but just satisfied that her son was. It's about time this country puts away its disrespect. It's about time that we quit behaving as the heathen behave and start respecting mama for who she is. John chapter 2. We'll not read the story, but in John chapter 2, it's the first recorded miracle of the Lord Jesus. It is a miracle that's performed at a marriage in Cana of Galilee. It's Jesus' very first miracle. You know the story. Uh, they had a great crowd of guests at the wedding, and they were serving uh, wine. Now, the wine that's mentioned there is not a fermented alcoholic wine, and I don't have time to teach that today. I'm using that word as it's used in the Bible. They weren't giving them alcohol, but they were uh, giving them that first fruit of the vine as defined in the Scripture, and they, they, they ran out of wine. And uh, the problem got to the ears of Jesus. We, we're out of wine. And Jesus said, here are six water pots. He said, fill them up with water. And they filled up those uh, water pots with water. And then he said, give to the governor of the feast. I, I, want, you to, I want you to serve that. Uh, to the governor of the feast and, and I don't know exactly what all happened I'm sure there was some question some apprehension we're going to give the governor a, a, a cup of water that we've just gotten and uh, you know the story Jesus turned the water to wine and, and uh, the governor said uh, most give the best at first and, and, uh, but you have saved the best till last uh, you know in that wonderful story there's a mother in the shadows you, you, you know what she says? Do what, whatsoever he commands you, just do it. 
There she is in support of her son. There she is encouraging others to be obedient to what the Lord Jesus has to say and standing in the shadows. And as I go through the word of God, as I saw it first in reading in First and Second Kings and finding that his mother is mentioned and his mother is named and his mother is named, reading Proverbs and how Solomon honored his mother for the truths that she taught him. Him. And then uh, forgetting the study for a while and then coming to another king and finding there's his mother and she's doing exactly what the others are. She loves her son. She's sacrificed for her son. She's given her life that her son can accomplish the will and the work of God. And with the joy and the gladness in her heart, we find it again and again. And the mother is saying, just do whatever Jesus says. You come to John chapter 19. It's a story of the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus. How terrible, how sickening the scene must have been. The attention of heaven and earth. While many believed that he was the Christ, others said that he was just an imposter. And they made fun of him. They put a a sign over the cross, Hail, uh, King of the Jews. And they mocked him and and they would say, Others uh, he saved, uh, himself he cannot save. Uh, Someone else cries out and says, uh, uh, You healed others, uh, save yourself. Of course, they didn't understand. They were ignorant of the will of God. Jesus came to die. They didn't take his life. He laid down his hands. He laid down himself to be crucified, to pay for your sins and mine. He's been beaten. He's been spit upon. He's been bruised. There he is hanging between two common thieves. Darkness falls in the midst of the day as the sins of the world are placed on Christ. The gamblers are soldiers are gambling in there, and they're, they're, absolutely no respect, absolutely no honor at all. And they say, "Hey, let's let's uh, take this garment here." And another said, "No, uh, don't, don't don't tear it up. It's more valuable than one piece. Let, let let's cast lots. We'll gamble and see." Who wins it? And and all of that is going on. The cursing, the hatred. The mean soldiers are there. The haters are there. The curious. The city officials. You hear the crowd jeering and laughing at the sign that's placed above Jesus. And then standing in the shadows is his mother. No doubt she's wept. No doubt she remembers the journey to Bethlehem. No doubt she recalls giving birth in the stable. No doubt she recalls wrapping that baby in swaddling clothes and laying him in a trough that the animals would feed from. No doubt she remembers those days for purification and then taking him to the temple for the dedication and She remembers all of those. Now here it is, her son hanging between heaven and earth. And Jesus says, Behold thy mother. He was saying, I'm thankful for my mother.
just like our mother when we stood to recite our first poem or play in our first recital. Just like mama was there when we received those awards. When that soldier was recognized for his accomplishment, a mother was in the crowd with a proud and a thankful heart. When the recognition was given, when the diploma was received, she was there. I want to say this morning, thank God for your mom. You may not have the best mom in all the world, but she is your mom. You ought to thank God for your mother. I'll be honest with you, I get a little weary of this world making light of women being mothers. I get a bit fired up when this world mocks at motherhood. You see, the mother has the power of the nation at her hand when she rocks the cradle, when she teaches those songs and she teaches those nursery rhymes and she teaches those Bible verses. And, and there was a day that nursery rhymes had a truth at heart, to be honest, to be kind, to be respectful. There are eight things that I want to encourage mothers to continue to do and say to each of us we ought to thank God for. It'll not take me long. First of all, thank the Lord for the love of a mother. Isn't it amazing how mom always loves? It's an unconditional love. It's like the love of God for us. I understand there are folks here today whose hearts are heavy and hearts are broken because of a wayward son or a daughter or a wayward grandchild and or a strained relationship. I understand that, but that love is there. There are many mothers and grandmothers I pray for that I know that carry a burden for a family member and the love that they have for them. I want to say, Mom, even though it hurts, just keep on loving because nobody can touch the heart like the love of a mom. Isn't it interesting when a kid gets hurt? They, they, don't, they don't want dad. They, 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 they don't want a candy bar. They just want mom. I want my mommy. You know, one of the funniest things to me is to see a NFL football game and see a guy, 325 pounds, six foot eight, big linebacker, and they put a camera on him. And you know what he says? Hello, mom. Hi, mom. The love of a mother. I'm thankful, second of all, for the prayers of a mother. I want to say to you, Mom and Grandma, keep on praying. I love to hear the old song, when heaven prayed. When Mama prayed, heaven paid attention. I want to say thank the Lord for the concern of a mother. That's the same as worry, though we're not supposed to worry. That's sin. Only Mom can get close enough to it and not sin. Mama's concerned. Thank the Lord for the teaching of a mom. Some of you have a child that is in their terrible twos and you have said no until every sentence you say now begins with no and ends with no. And they've been in their terrible twos from 
18 months to now they're 11 years old. Thank God for the teaching of a mom. Mom, don't ever change. Just keep teaching. And mom, keep teaching this old book right here. Keep telling your children, God lives in heaven. Jesus lives in our heart. You keep teaching your children, it's God that put the sun and the moon and the stars. It's God that created this beautiful world. Nobody can teach like the teaching of a mother. I was saying number five, thank the Lord for the, I've got a lot of synonyms here, scolding, discipline, whoopings of a mother. It's pretty tough when you have boys. You know, boys get hurt worse playing than they do getting a whipping. Switches is something that perhaps needs to be rediscovered in our day. I don't know. My mom believed in them. If there is a law against it, my mom's headed for prison unless the statute of limitations has expired. I'm glad for a mama that looked at me and said no. Smacked my hand and said no. Smacked my backside and said I said no. Thank God for the scolding, the discipline of a mother. Thank God for the forgiveness of a mother. There's no forgiveness like it. It's beautiful, it's touching, it's moving the forgiveness of a mom. Thank the Lord for the patience of a mom. My heart broke as I read this week those stories. They were about Jesus, but mother is standing in the shadows. And thank the Lord for all the stories. And I, it's amazing how many times it's, it's not about mom, but she's standing somewhere around. Thank God for the patience. And then last of all, thank the Lord for the passion of a mother. You know when mom wins? When her children win. When a son or a daughter receives a trophy, that's good enough for mom. When the son or daughter receives a recognition, a medal, a medallion, a certificate, that's good enough for mom. The relationship of mom and dad, we'll talk about the dads in June. You got till June to get right with God, fellas. <laughs> but 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 the relationship of mom and dad's almost forgotten. Government can't replace mama. Money can't replace mama. There are those here today that are dear friends that grew up in dear friends of mine. They, they didn't grow up in a home. They grew up in a children's home. Thank God for that mother that loves someone else's child like she loved her own. Thank God for the sacrifice, the work that was done. Every year, there are folks who attend church because they just love mom and they want to be with mom and do whatever mom wants them to do. By the way, you're required to buy our lunch today according to... I don't know who wrote that law, but anyway, you're supposed to write by that. But if you're here today and you've never received Christ as Savior, you ought to trust Christ as Savior because of all the truths your mama wants you to know. She wants you to know that Christ died for your sins. 
And the only way you can have eternal life in heaven is through faith in Christ. I want you to stand with me. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I want you to see as Jesus performs his first miracle. They're amazed at what he's done. I want you to see the pride on his mother's face. As Jesus hangs on the cross between heaven and earth, I want you to see the hurt and the agony on his mother's face. Thank God. Standing somewhere in the shadows of every hero, of every champion, is a happy and a glad mother. Heavenly Father, no doubt there are decisions that need to be made this morning, spiritual decisions, some having nothing to do with what I preached this morning. But Lord, your Holy Spirit has been dealing in the hearts and in the minds of those here today and their decisions that ought to be made. And I pray that folks would be obedient to the pleading and to the speaking of that still small voice, the Holy Spirit of God. And I pray if there are those here today that has, have not been saved, they have not received you as Savior today, they would receive you as their personal Savior. Bless our invitation. May your will be done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As he 